Thank you for choosing the Learning to Thrive podcast, where we have real conversations with real people about real life. And now, here's your host and my friend, David Higginbotham. So I'm over with some friends, and we're we're gonna I'm gonna help them produce a song, which is something that I know nothing about. We're going over there. I'm having interconnectivity issues. I have a digital mixer. I have my computer interconnectivity issues. I took all this equipment over there, which wound up being about as effective as a paperweight. And we wound up recording on some different software that they they had. I'm staying out of the weeds because that's not relevant. But something I never do, I had this pair of headphones, and I'm showing David kind of what they look like. And this this pair is still good, but we're on Zoom right now with video. So I'm, I have this pair of headphones. I stepped on the cord. I ripped the cord clean out of the headphones. I've never done that in my life. And, and I thought, wow, this is weird. And then I just got this prompting because I'm one of these guys. I don't spend a lot of money on myself. I mean, I don't walk around in rags, but I don't go buy a bunch of clothes. I just, I don't need to. Same thing with electronics. I I mean, so I went to... I did some research and wound up going to Walmart. And for 50 bucks, I got these JBL Bluetooth headphones. Sound phenomenal. Great bass. And as a bonus, they sound great on phone calls. So good. there you go. And I never would have done that had I not wrecked that other pair of headphones. <laughs> now, David I, and I have been sitting here sharing stories, illustrations of what Spirit Walk uh, looks like what it's like in our daily life. And David, I don't know if I ever told you this story, but I'm going to tell you right now uh, while we're recording here. Years ago, this would have been late 90s, I was new to the whole idea of walking with the Spirit, hearing from the Spirit. Early on, I was one of these guys very much word-focused. And again, folks, you know we're not against the word here, but it's the word and the Spirit. So, this is late 90s. I was working for a telecom company. And long story short, I got fired. Unjust, completely bogus. I got fired. They had a union. And the union <laughs> the, the union was pretty much there to defend. And me, who had a valid case, they did nothing for me. So here's what happened. I had gotten a book. <laughs> it's still, I crack up when I say this. I had gotten a book on how to beat slot machines. I, now, I, I live in a Kansas City area. We got casinos all over the place. I've probably been to all these casinos here a half a dozen times, and most of them were when I joined somebody to eat. And so I got this book on beating slot machines. <laughs> and I'm reading this thing, and I'm getting the sense that, that, I, I'm, and we, it was Thanksgiving, and we went up to Iowa, drove in separate cars because I was coming back to, quote, unquote, go to work. I didn't want to spoil the Thanksgiving holiday, letting my family know I got fired. Sure. So drove up separately, came back, stopped at this casino outside of Des Moines. Man, I am feeling the emotion. I've, this is so many years ago, and yet this is one of the most profound examples of spirit walk that I, it still impacts me to this day. So 
and my buddy who lives up in Iowa gave me some money after I told him about this. We prayed, prayed together. He gave me some money. I went to the casino. I went in, lost all the money. And it wasn't a huge, it wasn't a huge amount of money. Uh, you know, maybe 60, 80 bucks. I don't know what it was, but it wasn't a lot. Yeah. But I come out. Wow. Here comes the emotion still. I come out and I'm talking to the Lord about it in the parking lot. And I said, Lord, I thought, I mean, you know, I'm unemployed. I thought I was going to win some money. And he said this. He said, I didn't tell you'd win any money. I just wanted to see if you were listening. He just wanted to see if I was listening. Whatever you think about gambling, there's probably allowance for it in somebody's life. I've never been a gambler. It was just something that I felt prompted to do. And the reason I did it, he wanted to see if I was listening. And I was listening. And I did do what he asked me to do. And as it turned out, it's still one of the most profound first steps that I had into the area of spirit walk. It still impacts me to this day. I mean, as you can tell. So, and and we've got... We've got hundreds of examples we could all say if we were sensitive to remembering them. Hmm. So, what was the outcome of that ultimate situation? Well, the outcome of that ultimate situation is, you know, that impacted me that I am hearing from God and my walk, my spirit walk, where I interact and dialogue with Father. Jesus, Holy Spirit throughout the day has become just a normal part of my life. Well, anyway, I, you know, I wound up eventually getting another job. You know, when my family came back Sunday night, I told them what had happened. Um, actually, you know, had a, had a period where I was unemployed, getting unemployment, had great time bonding with my kids. Um, and so th- there were some positive outcomes from it. But th- the initial impact, though, of this getting a book i still crack up getting a book on trying to beat slot machine i probably have the book in storage somewhere if you want it i could find <laughs> yeah, that that could really help me out i really appreciate that <laughs> you see tom this is one of the challenging issues that a lot of christians face and that is the the fear that comes from the possibility of making mistakes. Yeah. I was I was a young man in the Lord, very young. Um and I I was but but I was very intense. I was intense on following Jesus. Yeah. And I was intent on <clears throat> doing what was right. That was a big deal. Not only not only doing what was right, but believing what was right. So it was very much in that mode and uh, intent. On, and I had, I had been taught in some discipleship situations and, uh, you know, that we need to walk with God and we need to, you know, that, that, that context of walking with God daily and interjecting, interacting with God. And I remember one day I was 
And I, this image is clear in my mind because it was so later on to look back on it that I was <clears throat> on my way. I, I wanted to do, I wanted to do everything God wanted me to do and I wanted to do it exactly right. And so I'm, I'm walking out of my house and I look at my, I, I catch my reflection in the mirror and I look at the, and I'm, I catch the shirt that I'm wearing and I'm thinking, I don't know if this is the shirt that I should wear. <laughs> With the, the idea, yeah, the idea that was in my mind was perhaps there is a shirt that I need to be wearing. Well, that's, you know, when you're young, you're young, mm-hmm. you buy things like a book to, uh, to beat slot machines. Yep. Yeah. And yep. so I went back inside and I, I, I went to my closet and I took this shirt off and I, and I found this other shirt and I put it on and I'm getting my shirt and I'm ready to walk out and I walk past the mirror. And I see myself and I'm thinking, Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this is the right shirt to wear. And wow. I've never told this story before. So you are the only person who's wow. ever going to hear it. And I go back inside and I did that three different times. So I'm finally wow. wearing the fourth shirt. I've changed three times and I'm wearing the fourth shirt and, and I've got to be somewhere. I have an appointment. And I don't, I, I'm running out of time. I'm sort of running late now. And I think, oh, it'll just have to be okay. Mm-hmm. And I go away and I'm getting, and I'm driving down the road. I'm going to meet some people and do some stuff that I, I needed to do. And I'm just thinking, Lord, I hope this is the right shirt. And, and the, the thinking that was, that had prepared me or propelled me toward that moment is there's a right and a wrong in everything that God's will there, you know, there is the perfect and good and acceptable word of God. The perfect is the center of the bullseye, Mm -hmm. the acceptable, the perfect, perfect. And then good is the next ring. And then the acceptable, there are these three levels of God's will. Oh, David, you're talking about God's will. This is... and, and and it's it's this kind of thing that I, I want to live my life in the. You've heard this before in the center mm-hmm. of God's will, yeah. and that there's you know the possibility. In, and this is this is in my mind at the time. There was a possibility that I could wear the wrong shirt. Mm-hmm. Not that that the shirt might have something that was, you know, offensive or, you know, heretical or something printed on it. You know, it was just this blue shirt as opposed to that gray shirt. Yeah. That kind of thinking is very much, even still today, a part of many Christians' experience. Right. And they want to live their life within the very clearly defined box that their religion has prepared them for. Right. And there's so many books and so much teaching on the will of God out there. And I came across a quote, I think, that is it's the most succinct and the most powerful thing I have ever come across on the will of God. And it was A.W. Tozier. And he said, the heart that is wholly and totally surrendered to Christ cannot make a wrong decision. Any decision will be the right one. And it explodes this whole concept that there is this this little ephemeral will of God that I've got to just find it somehow, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and that explodes it. 
The it, heart that is holy and totally surrendered to Christ cannot make a wrong decision. Any decision will be the right one. I'm like, Whew. well, it goes, it goes. That's that's a parallel to to the the passage of Proverbs says that if you delight yourself in the Lord, He will give you the desires of your heart. <clears throat> and and that the 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 thing that often happens with people who are quote unquote really serious about their walk with God is that they begin to take on this idea that God has a specific expressed will for every detail in my life. And this is where uh, one understanding of walking of the spirit comes into play. Right. And that, you know, that there's that this, if, if I have a legalistic structured understanding of my relationship with God, Here's something that is going to bring me into conflict with so much of my understanding about the, the Holy Spirit's interaction with me. Yep. Because if, if I'm relying upon a legalistic structured understanding of my relationship with God, the, the spirit is not going to be free to guide me as he wills because I've got a small box and God does not live within that box. Right. It's my God box and we all have them. We all yep. have God boxes because we 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 can't really comprehend the infinite. So we have these small by comparison boxes. Mm-hmm. Because my theology, my experience, my doctrine and my personal preferences all create this God box. And if that is structured based around uh, a legalistic law-oriented performance-oriented perspective, the Holy Spirit of God is is limited in how he's going to be able to help me walk with him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be limited in how I can hear and understand him. Right. Because like I was doing with my, 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 my wardrobe crisis, we do that in so many different things. I was talking with a friend about this a number of years ago, and he still is very much in that kind of thinking. <clears throat> And I'm, I'm, he's saying, but you, you know, you've got to aim for the, for the perfect will of God. And I, and I say, well, okay. Does God want you to have pickles on your hamburger? Oh, what do you mean? <laughs> well, when you order a hamburger, uh, does he want you to have pickles or does he not want you to have pickles? Should you have mayonnaise and ketchup or should you have ketchup and mustard? Is lettuce always required to have the perfect? Well, that's not what he, no, that's what you're talking about. And I told him the story. <laughs> I told him the story about me and the shirts, and he and I were friends during that. We've been friends since high school. And I said, "Which one of those shirts was the will of God for me? The perfect will of God?" And he gets got sort of quiet and said, "Well, I don't think either of those have anything to do with the perfect will of God." Well, what does have to do with the perfect will of God? He said, "Don't commit adultery." Well. That's a light bulb moment for me because I thought committing adultery was perfectly fine. <laughs> See, it, it's when we when we talk about it in these kinds of terms, mm-hmm. Tom, it it gets really crazy. It gets really crazy. You know, <clears throat> Jesus described the coming of the Holy Spirit and said, "He's going to first of all, he's the Spirit of Truth, and he's going right. to be in you." But he, he said to his disciples, it's important for me that I go away. So the father's going to send the, I'm going to send the, 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 the comforter. The, the, the term is paraclete, 
parakletos, right. the one who comes along beside. In other words, your companion for the journey. I mean, that's the that's the image that's there. It's a metaphor. The the your companion for your journey into life in Christ is the presence of the Holy Spirit with you, day in and day out, night in and night out. And you know what? <clears throat> You're going to make some silly decisions sometimes. Uh, like changing shirts because you're not sure which one is the right one to wear right. or, or to, uh, to, to think, Oh, maybe I could go beat some, uh, uh, <laughs> slot machines and make some yeah. money. I mean, you yeah. know, we, 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 and here's the thing. Here's the thing. God never abandons us when we, yeah. he's always there with us. He's always yeah. there to incur. I, 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 I didn't get. I didn't get the that 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 uh, thought that I just wanted to see if you were listening. I did get that at a, another time, and I'll tell you that sure. story in a minute. What I did get, I, I'm confident, was the smile of approval from her father, who was saying, "Yeah, he really does. He wants to live a life that's pleasing to me," and I'm mm-hmm. I'm touched. That's good. That's yep. good. <clears throat> I was another time. I was walking through an airport in. Uh, in San Antonio, I was with a friend. We were there in San Antonio for a conference, and he and I had gone to check in at the spot where at the at the the at the uh, at the gate, and we were there early, so we were going to go get something to drink. And so we walked back up the concourse, and, and there was a guy walking toward us, and <clears throat> I didn't know him or see him. He's a guy from San Antonio, he's an airport. Don't know who he is, but I see this guy, and and I have this thought. And it just came out of nowhere, and it's like I just have this thought, and I see this guy, and the thought says that man is gay, and I'm thinking, well, you know, uh, that was just weird. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I I was walking with my friend, and we were learning some things about you know trying to hear and respond to the spirit, and I said to my friend who was with me, I said to him, I called his name and I said, you know what? I just had this thought come into my mind. That guy that just walked past us, that, that guy is gay. He looked at me and he, we stopped and turned around and looked and he said, well, that's strange. I said, yeah, I, I don't know. Okay. So we went and got some coffee and we turned around and we were heading back. We were heading back to, uh, to where we were to the gate. <clears throat> so it's been 10 minutes, you know, about that. And walking away from the gate and back toward the where we were had come from is this guy and another man, and they're walking very close together and holding hands. And when we and I didn't even notice him at first. My friend said, "David, there's that guy," and I see him walking with this other man holding hands, and I'm stunned. I'm thinking, "What?" And I, it bothered me. Mm-hmm. And so uh, we we walked on. And I said, "Man, that just really bothered. What is what what is that? What was that about?" And my friend said, well, "I don't know." So we went back and sat down, and I'm just praying quietly in my heart and asking, "Lord, what is that? What what is that? What was that about?" And I had this, I had I heard this voice in my heart. In my mind, it always happens mm-hmm. in our mind, but I'm referring to my heart. My yep. spirit. And the voice said, I just wanted you to know that I can tell you things that you might need to know. 
Yes. And yes. Uh, I thought, oh, my. Well, a year and a half later in the church that I was pastoring there in Florida, we had a service that was uh, it was just the spirit was moving and it, there was just a real sense of prayer and worship. And uh, I'd preached an incredibly powerful, life-changing message that I can't remember a bit of. I don't have any idea what it was. And uh, we were worshiping and praying for people at the end of the service. And a, a guy walks up to be prayed for. And, uh, I, um, so I'm, I'm, I walk over to him and I said, yeah, you know, can I pray for you? And he said, yes, uh, yes, you can. And so, uh, he closed his eyes and I closed my eyes and I'm standing there in front of him. I just put my hand on his shoulder and I hear this voice, but by this time I'm, I'm hearing this voice mm-hmm. More and more, not always getting it right, but I'm, I'm sure. growing, I'm growing in my understanding of the interactive relationship between the Holy Spirit and me. And that's a journey. And, uh, what I hear is he has AIDS. Now, this was back in the time when AIDS was not nearly as understood as it is today. Sure. Uh, and I'm thinking, okay, and uh, and and I hear, pray for him about his father and his relationship with his dad. Hmm. Uh, and so I just begin to pray for God to pour out His grace in this man's life, and to to help help him and to touch and to bring healing into his life related to the relationship he has with his dad. And he just turned into uh, a huge tear. He just. Yeah broke and began to pray. And I prayed for that for a bit. And I prayed for a uh, re- relationship healing in his, with his himself and his mother and his family. I had that sense. There was a lot of family brokenness there. And I said, and I said to him, I just bent over into his ear and I said, you have AIDS, don't you? And he just wept even more so. And so I just began to pray for, God's grace and God's healing in his life. And, uh, after it was over, he just hugged me and I hugged him. And it was, it was clear that there was something really powerful going on in his heart. Mm-hmm. Later on, I got, I went to visit with him and his, his, his wife and heard his story and the tragedy of his story and all that was going on and began to pray for him. We prayed for him as part of our church. And, uh, he, he did eventually die from, from the age. But it was, it was one of those unusual times where God, I'm not one of those guys who hears all those details. Right. There are some people that seem to hear that a lot. And I've seen that happen. Right. Um, and it was again, <clears throat> I, I think that the, the in, interaction between God and me always happens by virtue of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And it's not always big like that. I was just sharing a situation with you right. earlier about yep. me finding something that was really significant. Yep. I needed to find it. Yep. I'd looked everywhere I could find it. And, and two days later, after I quit looking, I'm thinking, okay, I've looked everywhere I can find. And then on the second day after that, I get this image and I, and, and it was, and I go and I go to that place where it was yeah. and there it was. I, and how it got there, you know, I would never have looked. Right. 
I think the interaction that we have with the Holy Spirit is varied. It's not all the same. Right. It's not all the same all the time. I think it is a journey because I have a, I have a sense that over the years I've grown in my in my understanding of of it. I've grown in my responsiveness to what I believe to be the Holy Spirit speaking to me. Right. And I've I've seen that produce his fruit so many times that I I no longer question the reality of the Holy Spirit speaking into my heart. Right. I am also very aware of the limited ability that I have to be able to clearly and fully understand all of that. Yeah. And to walk with walk in that with a great deal of confidence. I don't have a great deal of confidence in those areas. I I I walk in that interactive relationship, that interactive dialogue with the Holy Spirit um as someone who is who is really needing him to help me. Yeah. <laughs> I I I know people who who act significantly more confident about it than 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 I am. And they are quick to say, well, God says this, or God has said that. I, I don't do that. Right. I, mean, I do come to the conclusion at some point that God has been speaking to me about something. It's, it's almost always, I find a way, I all, it's almost always in harmony with the scripture. Because I find something in the, in the scripture that can, that, that, that works with this thing that I'm hearing. The scripture confirms something that I'm hearing. It's never in conflict with the scripture. Right. See, the Holy Spirit, Jesus said, he's going to speak of me. He's going to give you what I, what, what is, is coming from me. There is this dual, uh, kind of thing going on. And by the way, God has always existed, Tom, in a community, in the context of community. Yes. In the context of companionship, in the context of, uh, of, of, in, interrelationship the father the father is in the spirit the father is in jesus jesus is in the spirit we have been invited in into the father son and the spirit the father son and spirit make up what we understand as the godhead all of them are god and they function differently but they're all one and here's the amazing thing we have been invited into that communion it's the communion it's the community it's the interrelationship of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And we are invited into that dynamic. We don't talk about that much. We don't understand it. I don't understand it much. But it's we are invited into it. And, and walking with the Spirit is, is the, I hate to say mechanism, but it's the relationship by which we actively enter. enter, enter uh, that's not a good word. We actively engage with God. Right. Right. We actively engage with God by virtue of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. You in, engage with God in that intercommunity. You're brought into it. And here's another thing. By virtue of the Holy Spirit in your life and the Holy Spirit in my life, we engage with that dynamic with God together. That's right. what the, that's what the community is all about. That's why I'm convinced. There's a different dynamic that happens when the body is together in a gathered. Yes. The worship that occurs when the ecclesia comes together, the gathered ones. Right. 
When, when those people come together in spirit and in truth, there's a commonality of the spirit of God with us. There's a commonality of the, the truth around which we gather, which relates to Jesus, okay? That all of that comes together, and there's a dynamic that occurs that does not occur when I'm by myself. Absolutely. There's wonderful stuff that happens by myself, but it's different when the, when the ecclesia is gathered together. Before we talk, last night, actually, I listened to, the, if folks, if you haven't listened to the first episode on Spirit Walk, definitely go back and do that. But I took a page of notes, and going back to some things you just addressed, uh, I'm, I'm going to bring these up that we have a lack of understanding about the Holy Spirit. And I wrote the word skewed. You didn't use that word, but it, but our understanding of the Holy Spirit is skewed due, due to the experiences we have seen labeled as Holy Spirit. Yes. And I, one, th- one important thing I want to bring up without going too deep into the weeds is a guy I've listened to uh, who teaches and has moved in the prophetic for decades he said this, and I think this is apropos when, when we go to what you had just shared. He said, when you are given something about somebody that's a negative, so to speak, he said, that's not for them. That's for you to understand where they are at. Mm-hmm. I thought it was powerful what you said with this guy that you got the word that he had AIDS, but then the Lord told you to talk to him about his relationship with his father first. And so I I think it's very important. Some people, you know, the prophetic, listen, the prophetic, I don't move in that very much. I have moved in that words of wisdom, words of knowledge. You go into first Corinthians 14, Paul said, earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially prophecy, prophecy. And then at the end of first Corinthians 14, he says in the Southern version, y'all can prophesy. Yeah. Where did guy joke well, he, about that? And, and prophecy, right. prophecy in that context, very and in every other context, prophecy is not about telling the future. We have that sort of sense of prophecy as related to end times and those kinds of things. And it, it is the the context of it is it, it's about speaking forth the word of God, speaking forth what God is saying. But it's it's about a declaration of what. God's perspective is to the degree that we can understand it. And let's, let's, right. let's clearly under, we, we all know in part and we all prophesy in part. Right. Okay. But the day is going to come when, when we're going to know fully and completely. Yeah. Well, that day is not here. So anytime, anytime someone speaks quote unquote prophetically, they're not speaking scripture. And this has been a debate between fundamentalists and charismatic and Pentecostals for a long, long time about what it is that is prophetic mm-hmm. <clears throat> and the difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets and prophets in the first century before the script canon of scripture was finalized. Well, that was the canon of scripture wasn't finalized till the three hundreds. Mm-hmm. So the, there is this, there is this dynamic and we could discuss that issue for a long time and we're not going to now. My point is this. God is speaking, right? And he is speaking today by, by, by the, by virtue of the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life. Paul said very clearly, this, the, the natural man, the natural mind of a natural man cannot understand the things of God. It right. takes the interjection of the spirit of God to help the natural mind, the natural man, to understand the things of God, because they're foolishness to him otherwise. 
Now, he may have been talking about people there who don't have Christ. He may have been talking about people there who are new to Christ or are, but are not mature and they aren't understanding how to cooperate and connect with. Because keep in mind, uh, we have the advantage over the Corinthian church at the time. Okay. We have the advantage of the, the completed canon of scripture that gives us instruction and training. And, uh, we are able to learn from their mistakes. And we have a, uh, we also have, uh, one of the trainings of having seen, uh, the expressions of the life of God in his church in a broader sense than they were able to understand at the time. They were very new and very young. So uh, we get the benefit of their mistakes. And, but we also need to take the benefit of the scripture that is available to us now. I promise you this, Tom, most of us live our lives based upon what we think is best with, with some connection to the scripture, but not, not a significant amount. The ones who have a significant connection to the scripture, we begin to live our lives differently. Because see, here's the thing. It gets, it gets inconvenient. It's really, I use that term a lot because it's really true. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Walking in the spirit is not this really cool, amazing, dynamic thing. It's going to be really inconvenient a lot of the times. Yeah. Because when the spirit of God says to you, you don't talk to your wife that way. You need to talk to your wife according to first Corinthians 13. You know, what are you going to do? Hmm. See, we, we have to live with open hearts toward God, with an open mind toward him, and with a willingness to allow the life that I live day to day to be critiqued by the Spirit of God. Right. No, it doesn't mean judgment. It, it, it does mean judgment, but judgment is not punishment. Exactly. Judgment is Correction. Judgment is to set right, to put into place. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I never am condemned when I get corrected by God. But I do get corrected by God. Right. You know why? Because I need to be corrected by God. <laughs> well, I got a couple notes that I'm going to read and then a question for you. A couple notes it. from the last podcast. You talk about the tragic dichotomy of the spirit and truth camp. Mm-hmm. You talk about Jesus didn't say, my sheep read my words. And you said a lot, there's a lot more things. These are my paraphrases. A lot sure. more, there's a, there's a lot more things God has to say to us that we have to deal with in life than those that are mentioned in the scriptures. So the question, I think it's very easy. And, and we are not against the word here, folks. You absolutely know that if you've listened to any, if you know David or you know me, or you've listened to any of these episodes, we're not against the word. I think it's very easy, though, for a new Christian, for somebody to to be so word focused <clears throat> to the exclusion of, of anything outside of that. So how do we become more sensitive instead of my sheep read my words, my sheep hear my voice? How do we become more sensitive to walking in the spirit? Let me clarify something. I do believe that his sheep need to read his word. Sure. But if all that we rely upon are the specifics that are established by the written scriptures, we're going to be missing a lot of other things. That was my point. 
And so the way it has happened in my life is probably different than the way it has happened or will happen in other people's lives in terms of the personal experience. But the attitude has to be this, as far as I'm concerned, at, at least at my understanding now. I want to hear God. I want I want to have a relationship with God that reflects the reality of the relationship I have with God. I want to have the reality that I am in Christ, right? Reflected in the life that I live. See, and it's not only I'm in Christ. John 14. Again, really inconvenient. Jesus said, hey, the day is going to come when you're going to realize. They didn't realize then. They probably didn't realize for quite a while. But the day is going to come when you're going to know that I am in the Father, that the Father is in me, and I'm in the Father, and you are in me. Here's the dynamic, Tom. We we are men and women who are created in the image and likeness of God. That is the starting point. Right. We are created in the image and likeness of God, which means that you and I have the capacity by virtue of our connection in Christ to reflect the image and likeness of God. In my relationships with you, in my relationships with my wife, with my children, with my grandchildren, with the guy next door that I met this morning, in my relationship with the, the, the store clerk that's checking me out and I'm frustrated and I'm behind the, you know, and, and, and they're just taking too much time. I have the, the opportunity and the capacity to reflect the image and likeness of God to them. But I won't be able to do that by the virtue of my own abilities. I'll do that by virtue of the presence of God within me. Not only do I have the image and the likeness of God imprinted, stamped on my soul, on my spirit, but I have the presence, the resident presence of the life of God in me by virtue of the Holy Spirit. And then I have a lifetime of learning how to cooperate and to embrace that reality as I live throughout the day. Now, see, that is the Christian life. That is the journey of the Christian life. That is the context dynamic of the kingdom of God here and now. We have an expression of the kingdom of God here and now by virtue of the fact that I am created in the image and likeness of God. I am in Christ, and I have the presence of the Holy Spirit in me. I'm in the dynamic I mean, the dynamic of that interpersonal communion, that ecclesia with the Father, Son, and Spirit, and I'm a part of that. Now, I've told you more about that reality than I truly understand. (laughs) I'm telling you what I know is true. I'm not telling you what what is produced in my life every day because I have this thing called the flesh. And that's another discussion for another time. But it, there's well, this conflict that goes on. Yeah, a couple other notes as we we wrap up, and we'll see if we talk about this more because we could really talk about this for a long time. You, you, a couple notes that I wrote from the last episode: maturity is learning to enjoy the Holy Spirit as our constant companion, and if we want to learn to thrive in life, we need to learn to stay in step 
with the spirit. Sure. Any, any thoughts you have? I, I come from a tradition where maturity is defined by how much Bible that you know and how clearly you can produce it and explain it to other people. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maturity is not determined by the character of one's life as right. it's expressed with others. Maturity is not determined by what Jesus said. People are going to know you're my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, right. as I have loved right. you, you need to love one another. So what I'm saying is maturity is the, <clears throat> is the reality of learning to be comfortable and engaged with the presence and the reality of the Holy Spirit in my life. Because the more I am uh, I'm using that term comfortable. Uh, how, what, what, how did I phrase that that you just read? Uh, maturity is. It, maturity is learning to enjoy the Holy Spirit as our constant companion. Right. Yes. Recognizing the Holy Spirit is, is here in me, is with me, is my parakletos. It's, it's the one who comes along beside my counselor, my, my comforter. It is the presence of God with me all the time. And learning how to embrace that and allow that to affect the way I live my life day in and day out. That is spiritual maturity. And you can do that regardless of whether you can read or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's what I think is that. Well, let me let me just let me let me back up and just say rather than that's what I think. That's my goal. Right. I mean, that's the dynamic I'm working on. Uh, embracing and making sure, you know, I, you know, I get up every day, Tom, and I, I, I want to, I want to live my life today with a, with an awareness of the presence of God in my life. Even when I'm busy doing my stuff. Right. It's a challenge. It's totally a challenge. And, you know, it, I think it's awesome to say that, you know, what you're, however you said it earlier, that what you're sharing is more than what is, being actively walked out in your life. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm telling and you more I love than I understand. That. I'm telling but you more I love than I understand. Because most of the time you're hearing the opposite. People are coming well, across as if they, well, they got it yeah. all together. And those people are usually trying to sell you something. Right. Or keep you a part of something. I mean, you know, I, I've got, I'm at such a wonderful place in my life right now. That I mean, my life is certainly not perfect. I'm talking about my inner life in my Correct. my life in Christ. I'm such at a wonderful place where I, I don't have, uh, you know, I don't have a congregation who's uh, who's got expectations of me. I lived those things for years. Uh, you know, I, I don't stand up on Sunday mornings and have to be the guy who's supposed to have a clue. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't have those things. All I had, you know, what I've got, I've got me and Jesus. And the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life every day and a father who loves me completely and fully yes. always has and always will. Yes. And, and, and I'm trying to learn how to allow, allow that reality to inform and impact the rest of my life in the relationship I have with my wife and with my, my daughter and son-in-law and with my son and daughter-in-law, with my grandchildren and with the guys and the people that I work with and the dynamics that happen there and with my neighbor, my neighbor that I just met this morning. I mean, right. it, there are, there are big, huge things happening in the world, but I'm not connected to any of those things. I'm right. connected to this, this big, huge thing that's happening in my world. And, there's nothing that I can do today that's going to affect that, that situation in Afghanistan. 
There, yep. there's, there's nothing I can do today that's going to have any impact whatsoever on this COVID situation that's going on or the political situation or who's the president or, you know, I'm going to do my citizens bit. I'm going to vote. I'm going to consider who I think is the, the best choice. And I'm going to try to listen to, to God on that. But, but you know, I, I'm trying to, I'm trying to live my life, Tom, in a way that's going to give an opportunity for the reality of God's presence to touch someone else's life mm-hmm. as I'm going along the way. That is what is, is thriving in life. Yes. I tell you what, part of these, this thing that we're doing, uh, these, these bonus, but these bonus episodes, if the more I can come to understand that I'm completely and fully loved by God. That, that overflows my life. That helps me to be able to love others that are around me, that I encounter. That, that reinforces and establishes my ability to be able to abide in Him and to abide, to live my life connected to Him like the branch to the vine. Right. And that gives, that suits, that sets me up to be able to walk by the presence of the, walk with the presence of the Spirit, to keep in step with the Holy Spirit in my life. Yes. And those are five of the six things that that feed into our ability to be able to thrive in life. And I'm passionate about this because right. all of my life in ministry, I, 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 I never helped people to understand these things because I didn't understand them myself. Right. I was deeply focused on trying to help people to connect with and support and be a part of the program of the church. Right. And frankly, it didn't matter if you were thriving or not, as long as you were there. <laughs> yeah. And we'll see if we talk more about Spirit Walk. We could talk for a long time about it because it is yeah. a profound topic. But folks, David's email is is on the podcast page. Wherever you get your podcast, you'll see his email. The next thing, and when I read this on the list, I'm like, wow, if there's ever been a time this topic is needed, <laughs> it's now. And that is soul care. That That's the next of the six key elements of the journey. Soul care, learning to nurture and care for my heart and soul. And I just want to read real quick a couple of these bullet points here. And yeah, this is coming up in our next podcast. This our is next coming up in podcast, our next yeah. podcast, unless we do another one <laughs> on Spirit Walk, which would be just fine by me. But we 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 learn to nurture and care for our heart and soul through a growing intimacy with the father through regular focused meaningful engagement out of our innermost being will flow rivers rip, yep doing this for the sake of your life not for ministry to others resting in him and finding my joy in his presence hey. You know, I, I'm not saying there's more going on in the world than there ever has been. That, but but the, we we are inundated by what is going on in the world, and people personalize it as if they are directly involved in what's going on in all the topics that you mentioned. Um, and so so soul care, learning to nurture, it's not a selfish thing. It's a necessary thing. It's essential. Exactly. Not only for you to be able to walk with the spirit and, and to be able to share the father's love with others, but for, for your soul to prosper, it's, it's vital. Absolutely vital. So. Yeah, it is. 
Tom, this has been a, this has been a good, by the way, if you're, st- if you're still listening, this was, this was simply just a casual conversation between Tom and me, unscripted casual conversation. Cause we felt like there were some other things that, that we really kind of needed to cover more thoroughly in this issue of uh, keeping in step with the spirit. And, uh, and I readily clear, I readily tell you and, and admit I'm always telling you more than I truly understand as much as I need to, because I understand some, I know there's some things that are true that I don't fully understand. And that's pretty much what we're talking about here. So, Hey, listen, buddy, I appreciate you taking the time to do this. It would, and to work through the, uh, the, the technical challenges that we had up front. So this has been a good conversation time. Yeah. Um, I really appreciate that. And, uh, goodbye until next time, folks. Godspeed to you. Thank you so much for joining us for today's Learning to Thrive podcast. We hope you have been encouraged. Please be sure to join us again next time. Together, we are learning to thrive.